hey, maybe you're just using up somebody else's oxygen. Well, I've got a listener that kind of feels that way. You know, what do you do when it seems that everything in life is working against you? Is it really possible to turn your life around? Does it require a miracle? Or can anyone make new decisions to change from despair to optimism? Well, we've got some listener input on both sides of this issue. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, that kind of frames it. Maybe you need more than a tune-up, a complete overhaul. Yeah, I like to use the car analogies and got some tough questions we're going to deal with today. You know, remember the movie in The Lion King, where Simba is being challenged to go back home and be the king he was born to be. Now, Simba, you know, ran away from his destiny. The struggle of confronting his mean uncle was just too difficult. But then there's that memorable scene where he looks in the water and he sees that just kind of the subtle reflection of his father, Mufasa, who says, you have forgotten who you are. Look inside yourself, Simba. You're more than what you've become. Remember who you are. Now, I want us to be clear about what's being said here. Mufasa, so he didn't tell Simba he should have gotten another degree. He should be living in a bigger house. He should be making more money. He should have taken a different career path. He simply said, you are more than what you've become. Becoming more is a whole lot different than having or doing more. All right, so we're going to look at some questions. Here's some of the questions you're going to be looking at today. Dan, how can I spur my parents on to develop a plan for their lives even after 65? How can I grow my framing and photography business? How about this one? Last spring, a listener says, I discovered that I could make $40 an hour selling free horse manure in my spare time. And somebody asked, do you have a recommended breakdown of the best way to organize a coaching business in a 40 to 50 hour work week? Well, yes, I do. And then somebody says, we'll get to this one. I feel that I'm taking somebody else's oxygen and should just not try anymore. All right, a quotation then for today comes from Benjamin Franklin, who said, while we may not be able to control all that happens to us, we can control what happens inside us. Our resource for today then is going to be, same as I did last week, this idea that we're having three events coming up. We've got a lot of questions and a lot of interest in that. And of course, spaces are filling up, which is cool to see happen. But if you go to 48dayseagles.com slash experience, you'll see these three events we got coming up. One in Keller, Texas, that's coming up pretty quickly, March 9th and 10th. One in Franklin, Tennessee, that's going to be April 26th, 27th. And then one here in Sarasota, Florida, August 10th and 11th. Now, the ones in Keller, Texas and Franklin, Tennessee, those are just one-day events where we get together. It's kind of an extended food for thought with Dan luncheon like I had last year. So it's an extended time, but it's just one day. We'll be focusing on, you know, how do you get your ideas, kind of coalesced, get them all lined up in a row. 
How can you get those butterflies flying in formation so you can do something productive? We'll be looking at that. But then we'll be breaking that into more detail in our event here in Sarasota in August. Will it fly? That's two days. Most people are planning to come before and after that to make it an extended time here in beautiful Florida. But uh, check it out. We're going to be eating together. We're going to be singing together, playing together, growing together, and perhaps even investing together. The one here in Sarasota, we're going to be ending with our own version of Shark Shark Tank, Will It Fly, where we'll have a panel of bona fide investors there ready to invest real money, not just play money, real money into your business idea if you present it in a way that's compelling to them. So love to have you check that out. Again, just go to 48dayseagles.com slash experience. You'll see all the details there. Now, speaking of events, got a note here from Justin who says, Dan, my wife Mary and I feel prompted to develop a group to help people in our area to develop their creativity. As I was praying about it this morning, I felt prompted to look back at the training we received when we were with you in May of 2016 at Innovate. This is something we would do for free at our church. I would not use your material without your approval, but as I was going back through the workbook you had provided for us at Innovate, I thought, you've already provided a great outline to help people to think in a creative way. My question to you would be, is it okay to use your workbook as an outline to develop a class to help people here? If you say no, I understand that because it's your work, just let me know. Maybe by helping other people find their purpose and create the life they want to live, I can learn to do the same for myself. Thanks again for your kindness, Justin. Well, Justin, yeah, I already shot a note back to you. You know, Thanks for your note and update on both you and Mary. Uh, finding our path of calling and fulfillment is an ongoing journey and certainly one where we can move ourselves forward as we're helping others. And as to your question, sure, it's perfectly fine for you to use whatever materials from Innovate you find to be helpful. Uh, I believe in the law of the harvest, so we don't hold on to those tightly. If you can make copies and whatever, with worksheets like that to encourage others, feel free to do that. Interesting you mentioned Innovate because that was a long time ago. That was back in 2016. Here we are in 2023. But we're using that same title. We're rebirthing that same title for the events that we're having here that that I just mentioned, the events we're having in Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. We're using that old Innovate where it's a you have to see it to really understand it, but we're doing a play on the 48 as the last part of the word, innovate, where we use the four and the eight there. So thrilled we're going back and we're going to be using some of that same material on how to promote your creativity, how to use that to move yourself forward and certainly to help others as well. This comes from Tom. It says, Tom, Tom uh, or says, Dan, I've been listening to your podcast This morning, I bought the audio version of 48 Days, which I'm consuming. I know this is something I want to learn fully and teach as well. I never wanted the regular nine-to-five job, but then I made little steps to avoid it. I'm sure of my calling and will pursue it passionately. My question is not about me, though. I'm 39, but I have a father and mother who are beyond that age. Observing and listening to them both, I concluded that neither of them had a plan for age anything after age 65. They both have worked hard for many years to take care of their families, succeeded in that regard, but I believe there's so much more for them to be, do, and have in life, and I want them to see that too. 
My father's a self-employed bus driver, and with age and competition, his income is gradually decreasing. A few years ago, I asked him if he could not drive anymore. What would he do for an income? And he had no answer for me, and he didn't have any kind of a plan. Golly. And he talks about other family members. What would you say to them for them to realize that they're very much alive, can still contribute greatly to this community and the world? How would you spur them on to develop a plan for their lives even after 65? I feel drawn to seniors to help them in these years, but I want to start by helping my father first. Let me know your thoughts. Well, Tom, oh, I, I love your concern for your mom and dad and for others. And you're right, this is a growing malady. We have more and more people who are reaching the age of 65 that you mentioned here and um, trying to figure out what they're going to do beyond that. A lot of them are still being laid off about that age, but they're certainly too young to retire. You know, when we see the longevity tables these days, I mean, they could easily live another 30 years after hitting 65. What are they going to do in that period of time? Well, the biggest challenge that... We aren't really addressing very directly, I don't think, at least in my experience, is finding purpose. There are really three things that people need when they hit 65 or when they go into retirement. They need friends, money, and purpose. Now, a lot of people have friends and a lot of people, frankly, have money. But if they don't have purpose, they tend to decline very, very quickly. So those are the three, friends, money, and purpose. You still need to, even if you don't, need to have a career at that point, although in your case, you're implying that they may need to continue generating income. So they still need to be looking at, you know, what is it that you love? What are you passionate about? What is it that you're good at? You know, what does the world need? What are they willing to pay for? So we'd still need those three legs of the stool, your talent, your passion, and an economic model. What will people pay for? So those are pretty simple questions, and there ought to be more than just what somebody's done in a past job. Surely by the time somebody's 65, we, hopefully they'll have a variety of things that they can do well, a variety of things that they are passionate about, and a variety of things they recognize they could actually do this and make money doing that. I mean, one of the gentlemen here in our community, we use him often, he drives people back and forth to the airports. From where we are, he drives people to the Sarasota Airport and Tampa Airport, but he will also go to Punta Gorda, to Fort Myers, to Fort Lauderdale, Miami. I mean, he stays busy doing that. He loves doing that. Loves doing that. And he makes very good money. I mean, he's, he's like an independent Uber driver, but he just has his own car, <laughs> sets his own rates. We all know, know and love and trust Dan. His name is Dan. And we use them a lot. It's just easy. Hey, Dan, I need to be picked up at X this time. And our incoming flight is returning then. Can you handle it? Sure, I'll be there. No problem. He's a real congenial guy. But there's so many things like that that a, per that a person can do. And it's their benefit to be thinking about those before reality hits where they're in a desperate situation. Just make a list. You can make a list of 20 things that you could do that uh, would combine passion, talent, and money. Hi, Dan. This comes from Beth. I submitted a question a few months ago asking if it was too late for me. Titled, Have I Missed the Boat? Although I cannot yet share a success story, I do feel I'm on a more positive path. 
I've continued to fill my life with positivity, both through reading and listening to podcasts such as yours. I know that soon I will reach my goals of financial independence and freedom, freedom from ever having to acquiesce to a boss again. My current dilemma is where I'm going to be successful. I'm currently taking a course to be licensed to sell insurance in Ohio, but my real love is in photography. I've taken a photogra- my photography to the next level by adding canvas printing. I have a printer and my husband and I make the frames. I love being able to bring joy to people in this way. I've had a couple of customers even cry when they saw the finished product. I think offering a quality custom canvas print is a great idea. I'm just worried about growing big enough to support myself financially. Any ideas or suggestions to grow my business would be greatly appreciated. I so think I'm ready to succeed. I'd love to share one of my prints with you. Let me know if you have any interest. Sure, I'd be delighted, Beth. Thanks for all you do. Soon to be a success story, Beth. Well, I appreciate your story. I, I'm going to believe with you, and certainly I think what you're doing there, you you can do. Now, a couple things. You say that you're taking a course to be licensed to sell insurance in Ohio, but your real love is in photography. You know, selling insurance is not something you just waltz into and back out of. You're going to have to decide if you really want to sell insurance and have that be your primary source of income, then you need to focus on that probably for the next two or three years. It takes a while to build up a clientele to get momentum in that. It's not something you just start installing and then quit three months later. So if you really think you're going to need something else to provide income for the next three years, then go ahead and get your license and start selling insurance. Doesn't sound like you're really uh, too passionate about that. But I also want to question if your love is photography, and if you're already doing that, and if your husband is already helping you make the frames, can you not grow that so that it would provide more income than going out and trying to sell insurance, which is tough at best? I mean, I really think you could come up with some ideas here. Here's an idea. Now I'm recording this. I mean, we just had this week, Valentine's day. One of the things that I got for my wife, Joanne was a canvas print. Now it shows her. Now all I did was select a picture of her, a photo of her. And I sent it in to this company and they put it where she is setting in a chair, like on a royal throne with this massive royal gown on with a, a tiara on her head. It makes her look like a queen. It's just her face, her face and her arms. It's really well done. I was surprised and a little hesitant to do it because my wife is an artist. And I thought, oh, she's going to think this is really hokey. She was blown away. She says it's the best Valentine's gift she's ever gotten. And she's showing all of her friends. Now, there's a company that came up with a very simple concept. They're doing canvas prints, just like you're describing, and they're doing just themes like that, where if you want somebody to be a king, you can send in a picture and they'll send you back a canvas print of them. Now, that means there's no geographic barriers to what they're doing. Uh, They can be located anywhere and be serving people anywhere in the world with doing that. So you can have one real clear little niche that's just fun. I mean, you could do the same thing. You could have uh, pets that uh, you could put their pictures in certain kind of situations to just have fun with it. So there are things like that where you can just become known as having a particular theme. Now, I also really believe in the idea of just having still a bricks and mortar location 
I mean, even if you're in a small town, just knowing that you're the person to go to. Now, I am kind of very familiar with this because my niece was just here just a week ago. She lives in Harrisonburg, Virginia. She has the only privately owned, you know, without being a big commercial chain, frame shop in Harrisonburg, Virginia. She worked there because she wanted a way to frame all the artwork that she does. She's an artist. So she wanted to do that as you're a photographer. So she was there working there. And then the people decided they wanted to retire and they wanted her to have the shop. They sold it to her in a very reasonable terms. She loves it. She has a, a, a small baby that she spends most of her time with, but she goes into the shop three or four times a week. She, she has two people who really run it and it's very successful to the point where her husband just quit his job because he had been in the same job for 15 years, kind of wanted a break. They're going to do some things together that's going to help with branding and marketing for companies, but their primary income is from the little frame shop that they have. So I, you know, I'm not one to just do something to bite the bullet, you know, to create an income while you wait and hope that someday your passion can really take off and be your source of income. If you're really serious about it, just focus on that. And in six months, you know, have the income that you need from what it is you enjoy most rather than putting it on the back burner thinking, hey, someday I can do this. All right. This comes from Ricky. Hi, Dan. I love your podcast. Last spring, I discovered I could make $40 an hour selling free horse manure in my spare time. You know, I had a, I had somebody several years ago that had something very similar to this. Anyway, this gentleman says it went really well. I know I can take it even further next year. After listening to some of your podcasts, I realized I could make more money teaching people my method with an online video course. $40 an hour may be small to some people, but I know this could be a big hit with young entrepreneurs. My target market is 16 to 25-year-olds who would appreciate making that much. The problem is that my target market seems small. I estimate that one to four people could operate in the same city. There are about 4,400 cities in the world, so my market would be about 18,000 people. Is this too small? At $50 a course, 1,000 or 2,000 sales would be a huge win, Ricky. Well, yeah, a $50 course at 1,000 or 2,000, you're talking about 50000 to to $100,000 there. Now, I think you're on the right track. A lot of times these little service businesses, you can make more money teaching other people how to do it than just doing it yourself. Nothing mysterious about that. Nothing underhanded about that at all. It's a very legitimate way to leverage your knowledge of how to do something well. And what you've also done in doing that is you've tapped into this marvelous, marvelous concept. This ought to be the eighth wonder of the world where you move from linear income to residual income. I mean, that's really important. Linear income, meaning you have your horse manure and you have a customer, you deliver it, you spread it, whatever, you do it once, you get paid once. That's linear income. But if you're teaching somebody how to find the sources for free manure, as you're apparently doing, how to find the customers for that, how to deliver it and all of that, how to bag it up and all that, if you're teaching people how to do that, you can create an online course where you do it once and then you get paid a thousand times. I mean, that's that's an awesome way to think. I mean, I have done that over and over and over again. I mean, just yesterday I was 
I'll link somebody to our mastermind course. He's really interested in starting a mastermind. I said, well, we've got a course on that. I've got that course that I did probably three or four years ago now. I did it really in three hours on a Friday morning. Now, I knew what I was going to talk about, but we did the videos and put it all together in about three hours. Put it out there. It's out there in Udemy. And on Udemy, I checked it recently. It sells there. Um, I priced it at 58 50, I mean, at $48, just my signature number, but I see they're promoting it, and I think it's $59. But um, we've had about 3,400 customers that have purchased that. So again, it's just, it's not something I pay much attention to, but I spent one day doing it, and then it's just out there, and it sells over and over and over again. But yeah, I, I think you're really in the right track, Ricky, with how you're thinking here, and um Encourage you to do exactly that. Make a course. Now, also, I wanted to comment on your your target market is so small. You estimate that only one to four people could operate in the same city. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You can have a course and sell it to 200 people in that city because not everybody's going to take action on it, even if they bought the course. I mean, so don't be concerned about that. You don't need to limit the number of people that can purchase it. Anybody can purchase it. And they may find out that there's something else that really is a discarded material out there. You know, it could be old wooden pallets or tires where they can use the principles of what you've done and learn from it anyway. So make a great course and just use Horsemaner as the example, but let people know that there are probably other discarded products where they could do the same thing as well. Love what you're doing. Golly, give me an update. And when you've sold those thousand courses and they're sitting there watching the money come in while you're sitting under a shade tree, that's a pretty cool experience. All right. This, uh, Steve says, this year I began a side coaching business by using your recommended 15-hour-a-week approach of client time, content creation, marketing, and personal growth. I've decided to make the jump to my new career full-time do you have a recommended breakdown of the best way to organize an optimal 40 to 50 hour work week? I currently have 16 clients. Thank you, Steve. Well, congratulations. My gosh, congratulations on that. I still recommend that you use the same percentages for what I recommend for using 15 hours in those four areas that you use pretty much the same percentages, even if you're now at 50 hours a week. We'll just use that as 50 hours a week. So that would be your learning is 20% of the time. So that would be 10 hours, 10 hours a week where you're reading, studying, attending seminars, workshops, conferences, gathering new knowledge. I heard just this week that Mark Cuban attributes much of his success to the fact that he spends three hours a day reading. I mean, I love that. Three hours a day reading. I mean, how many of you are doing that? Well, you want to be in a position Mark Cuban's in, that's not a bad principle to follow. So with 50 hours, yeah, 10 hours a week is what that would be. Creating, then where you're creating content, where you're doing guest articles, you know, creating books, ebooks, new products, courses, whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're doing. But 33%, that'd be 16 hours doing that, creating new content. Earning then... That 27% would equal 13.5 hours where you're directly working with clients. And then planning, strategy, business operations, marketing efforts to build your brand reputation, all that, 20%, 10 hours. Now, if you 
realize what just happened there, I recommended that you are working directly with clients in what you're doing 13 and a half hours a week. You're already at 16. Now, here's where this may seem kind of counterintuitive, but I'll tell you where we're going with this. You may think as a coach, you know, 16 hours a week. I mean, a lot of people listening are thinking 16 hours a week coaching. That's amazing. Wow. If you increase that to 30 clients, you know, 30 hours a week, you know, you're going to really be rocking. No, personally, I think your competence as a coach will start to diminish with that many hours. I don't think you can effectively work with that many people. 16 is a lot. That's really a lot. And here's what will happen if you just continue building your client load. You will max out. You'll create a ceiling to both your income and your growth. Now, here's why. If all you're doing is just seeing clients, one after another, one after another, that means you're not spending time learning to become better. You're not spending time creating courses, seminars, live events, and all those things. You're not spending time marketing to grow awareness of your brand. That means you're going you're gonna to flatten out. And a lot of people miss this. They think, well, I just need to get more clients. That's how I need to. I mean, and this is true of a lot of professionals, be it a dentist, an accountant, an attorney, a physician. They, they all get trapped in this. Well, I just need to see a few more people. And thus, they get on that treadmill where they feel like they're trapped in what they're doing. They have significant income, but there's no growth. There's no margin. There's no room for really changing anything other than what they're doing then. That's not what you want to be doing. So I would, I would recommend it. You max out at your 16 clients a week. And surely if you're, you know, if you're reasonable fees for a coach, assuming that you're at about $200 a session or something as a beginning coach, I mean, that ought to be enough income. And so you use the rest of your time to be growing your business. Wow. Again, congratulations on what you've done. Sounds like you're right on track. All right, this one, this is the painful one. This comes from Jackie. Actually, I've changed her name, and you can understand why. I didn't want to share her name or location here, but we'll call her Jackie. Dan, thanks for your podcast. I've always felt behind the curve with my peers. It's taken 13 years to complete my ACCA. Now, that what that is, is it, that's the Association of Chartered Certified Accountants. I have no hobbies or talents to turn into cash. I'm an accountant in name only. It's not in my heart. I'm on chapter four of 48 days and I'm stuck as all my spokes on my wheel are even, but they're all at zero. Wow, that's where I have people rate. You know, where are you in terms of your level of success physically, financially, in relationships, all those areas, you know, career-wise. She says they're all at zero. I'm over 40. No kids, working as a contractor, no career, no money, no friends, have lupus. I feel there's so much wrong, I'm overwhelmed at my lack. I'm not even faking it until I make it. I feel that I'm taking someone else's oxygen and should just not try anymore. I'm not career changing as I've never had one to start with. Am I the only one like this? Please help. Jackie. Wow. That, that's a tough, tough overview. No question about it. I mean, lupus, it's not really surprising. I mean, that's, a, of course, a long-term disease. It causes inflammation, 
pain, various parts of your body. It's an autoimmune disease, which means your immune system is really trashed, which with all the things Jackie's describing is not surprising at all. Now, I'm confident that if she turns turns the corner on some of the things she's describing here, that her health is going to make a dramatic change as well. Now, without without going into a whole lot of it, I want to go right to another message that I got as well. Right here, just, uh, just uh, like two days apart. So, again, remember Jackie's situation. Um, over 40, no kids, working as a contractor, no career, no money, no friends, have lupus. This comes from Charles. Hey, Dan, it's Charles. I emailed you in September of last year asking about how to drive a guilt-free Tesla. When I emailed you, I was really depressed about how life was going. I was suffering from panic attacks, still getting over a bad breakup, living in a friend's basement. I finally got angry and had enough. I started seeing a relationship coach and got therapy. I started taking West Coast swing lessons and going dancing three to four nights a week. I've even won some dance competitions. I started taking vocal coaching and almost landed a TEDx singing spot this year. I'm sure next year will be my year. I walked on fire with Tony Robbins. I've just hired my first employee and I have bought, completely renovated, and just listed my first flip house. I've lost over 30 pounds and I've also paid my $1,000 deposit on the new Tesla. I still don't have money for the complete purchase, but I have 18 months now to figure out, figure that out, and I'm getting pretty resourceful. Most days, I still don't feel like I'm all grown up, but upon reflecting, it's amazing what can happen in 18 months or so. Thanks for your podcast and stay encouraging. I'll email you again while I get my Tesla. Thanks, Charles. Now, there's two dramatically different viewpoints, but both describing much the same situation initially. Jackie, still there. Charles said, hey, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I finally got angry, had enough. Started seeing a relationship coach, got therapy. And he goes on with the things that he's done to change his life physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all those things. Now, Jackie, I'm always optimistic about this potential for change. I want to encourage you to get around other people who are excited, people who are growing, people who are eager to encourage you. And yes, they're out there. They, they really are. I mean, how do you find those people? Boy, I go back to the old classic Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Those six ways to make people like you. Number one, become genuinely interested in other people. And I know it's easy to kind of just see down the end of your nose and no farther when you're feeling as bad as you're describing Become genuinely interested in other people. Number two, smile. You cannot maintain feeling as you're describing when you're smiling. When you you express gratitude, you can't be depressed and express gratitude. They don't go together. And number three, a little less remember that a person's name is that person the sweetest, most important sound in any language. Get out. Go somewhere. Talk to somebody for five minutes, use their name a couple times as you're just talking with them. It'll draw them in. They'll see you as a trusted friend real quickly. Number four, be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. Number five, talk in terms of the other person's interest. 
And when you're feeling as bad as you are, when you have the situation that you're describing, it's easy to see nothing but that and to talk about that. That's not very appealing for other people to be around you when you're just talking about how bad things are. And number six, make the other person feel important. Do it sincerely. Again, these are not just manipulative things at all. They're realistic actions to take to change how you're feeling. If you just respond to how you're feeling, I was working with a gentleman this week and we were discussing this very thing. If you just respond to how you're feeling, you're likely to just continue in the same situation that you are. But you can act your way into new feelings. You don't have to wait for your feelings. I used to, when I was uh, teaching psychology years ago, you know, at the university, you know, I'd have kids show up at 8.30 for class, you know, slump in the door, shoulders down, slide into a, in, into the seat, you know, head down. I'm like, well, geez, what's up with you, dude? Man, I'm just, you know, feeling really rotten this morning, you know. Just from the moment I got out of bed, just everything's rotten. And I would often tell them, I want you to go back to your dorm room. Go back, get in bed, all right? Now, get out again. But get out with the anticipation this is going to be a great day. With the understanding you're going to feel great. Hold your shoulders back. Pull your head up. You know, drink a glass of water and start your day knowing that it's going to be a great day. You can make that decision when you get out of bed. Well, I don't want to minimize the challenges that you may be implying here, Jackie. I don't want to just make this a, like a walk in the park, but uh, you're certainly in the driver's seat. I mean, I don't have enough information to make accurate prescriptions here, but uh, you're certainly in the driver's seat, and I think you can, in fact, turn the tide on this. You can turn this around. And uh, like Charles, 18 months from now, be a totally different person, totally different results in your life, feeling differently about your success, what you're capable of doing, and the results that you're getting. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks to appreciate your vulnerability. If you've got questions like these, I'm honored to have you shoot those in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. You can leave your questions there. Again, that's 48days.com slash askdan. Leave your questions there. We got them piled up here. We'll be going through them in weeks to come. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for being open to growing, for being that powerful force, for making the world a better place. I hear from so many of you who are doing exactly that, who are excited about the new things you've discovered and what you're able to do now that not only makes you significant income, which is often the case when you're doing something you really enjoy, but it's also serving others well. It's bringing hope and encouragement to others. Those just go hand in hand like a glove. Well, share this episode with three of your friends who are also committed to personal growth. They'll thank you for it. Become known as somebody who offers hope, positivity, and encouragement. You're that person and stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, I'll be back here again next week. Again, check out uh, the events we got coming up. I'd love to shake your hands. Joanne's going to be there with me. Queen Mama is going to be making a circuit with me. You'll get to meet her as well. Again, that's 48dayseagles.com slash experience for that. Have a great week.